welcome back to Weed Wild and Woke. My name is Nina. If you are new here, if you are returning, hi, welcome back. It's good to, to good to hang out with you guys. I don't know, hear you guys, uh, vibe with you guys. <laughs> um, either way, I'm in a very good mood today. I'm a little bit hyper. I'm also a little bit medicated. So there's that. Um, but yeah, other than that, things are going pretty well. So I will start with my check-in for the week, uh, my little highlights of the week. Um, if you're new here, I do intend one day to use my highlights of the week to, I don't know, roll up a joint or something and then take a couple hits or smoke it or whatever I decide to do Um to start the podcast and then talk about the kind of highlights of the week, but that's for the future. That's why we do highlights of the week because I'm kind of saving that space for that to be put in at some point, but I usually do have some highlights anyway. So this week has been pretty good. I'm getting excited because I am photographing a wedding tomorrow and it's the first wedding that I've ever like professionally photographed where I don't really know the bride and groom or any of the guests and I'm the primary photographer. So I'm kind of freaking panicking, but <laughs> the day is here. I've known about it for about three months now. So, um, you know, I've had a lot of time to kind of avoid it, but like the day is here. So I'm super excited about that. I went to go uh, rent a lens from like this little shop. Um, this guy is just, he rents out these lenses that he's come across. Um, and I don't have a very extensive collection because lenses can be very expensive, like anywhere from 800 to $10,000 if you're really getting great lenses. Uh, so it's just not, and like I said, like photography is my hobby. It's not my my job. So I've never found the use for purchasing lenses. I've never had the expendable income to just go out and purchase a really expensive lens um, for my hobby. So uh, yeah, I rented the lens out. So I'm super excited about this. Is This is huge, like bulky, beautiful, like super zoom lens that I can be really far away from the bride and groom and still get really intimate close shots of them which is super exciting I don't think I can put into words like a photography is just such a deep deep passion for me and I've done it for a very long time and you know at one point I really did want to make it my career but it's just it's very difficult to get into that and it's just it's this whole thing I'm just really excited like I cannot verbalize to you how exciting it is to kind of get a taste of what living my dream would be like and that would be like doing events or weddings or baby showers or engagements or whatever the case may be um it's it's like getting a little glimpse or like a little taste of what that life would be like so I'm going to be there all day at the wedding all day at the reception and at the after party um so it's just going to be so fun. I'm super excited. My energy is up. I'm hyped. I feel so blessed and grateful to have been asked to photograph it. Um, the, the person who I'm doing it for, I had done uh, her sister's graduation photos. Um, and it's just funny, like how, you know, when I was doing the graduation photos, I wanted to do the best that I could for my client or my friend, you know. Um, and I was so nervous and I just really under value and undermine my own abilities um so for her to be as happy as she was with her photos to be able to recommend me to do her sister's wedding 
uh, was a huge deal for me. And it's just such a compliment. And so I'm grateful for that. So it has a lot to do with why my energy is so high. Um, I'm just really like, I haven't gotten to be this hyped about photography and stuff in a while. So that's really good. But on the flip side, which there's always a flip side, right? I had a panic attack on Wednesday or it was yesterday. I honestly can't remember. It was either Wednesday or Thursday. I had the first panic attack that I've probably had in a month or two, I want to say. So that was interesting and it was over something super minor. And I just think that's worth noting because, you know, we talk about mental health and mental wellness and uh, transparency. Um in my community a lot. And that's what I try to promote. So uh, I always like to be pretty upfront about my mental health and where it's at. Um, I think a lot of things had just gotten to the breaking point And I just panicked over nothing. And I think I just have so much on my plate that any little like minor inconvenience, it really does feel like the end of the world to me. Um, so I've just been busy. I was trying to get this podcast that I'm recording right now recorded like a week ago um, and things just keep happening and let, you know, I work a very normal nine to five retail job uh, every morning from like eight to 1230 um, and then I come home and I usually either do podcast stuff or photography stuff lately for the wedding um, or I take care of errands or you know, there's so much stuff to do. And then I tried, you know, obviously eat dinner by like 6pm. And then by 8pm, I tried to be ready to stream. Um, and like lately, we've had a movie, an anime movie night on Discord where I had to be ready by 6pm. Uh, so it only gave me like, you know, five hours between jobs to get things done. Um, and then some nights we we watched, you know, an anime show on Sundays. So I have to be there at six for that. And then obviously like I have, a, you know, a, a lash appointment, I get my eyelashes done and that takes about two hours in traffic and two hours to get the lashes. So I mean, my point is, and I'm rambling and I'm so sorry if you're listening to this, but <laughs> my point is I don't have very much free time. On this particular day, I think I was just overwhelmed and I was trying to sit down and record the podcast and my parents' cat does not know how to clean herself properly. Um, she's the sweetest little girl. I think she's a little bit slow. She um, she has like a little wobble in her legs. And so she, I don't know, she's just, you know, all the lights aren't on in the attic upstairs with this beautiful, loving, wonderful little girl. And she just has trouble cleaning herself and she decided to sit on my sheets and put her butt down and her butt was dirty um, on that day. And so she got a little bit of, um, you know, chocolate on my sheets. And for some reason, that was just like my breaking point that day. I don't even think anything had really happened that day that was awful yet. But that was my literal breaking point already. And I just sat down and had a complete freaking meltdown, which, you know, it was fine. I actually, if you follow me on Instagram... I kind of documented the whole thing. Like I was in the middle of a panic attack and I was like recording myself after I had just, it was Wednesday because I had just talked about Wellness Wednesday and doing something kind for yourself. And 
I think 20, 30 minutes later, I have a panic attack. So in, you know, in the spirit of transparency, I posted it on Instagram. I did some deep belly breathing. I posted that as well. And then um, just kind of talked about like how anxiety is part of my life. This is something that I deal with every now and then. It's it's never going to be cured or go away. I just need to learn to cope with it. Um, so it was just, yeah, it's been, it's been a week, but now it's Friday. I'm feeling good. I'm happy. Uh, I haven't streamed in like four days, which is another thing. I am so sorry. Um, I, like I said, I had a panic attack on Wednesday and my mood has just been all over the place. My partner decided to move in with me. Um, and so, you know, there's been a lot of hesitation going on with just me processing those feelings and, uh, this huge change in my life. Uh, it's just been really mentally heavy, but like we've sorted everything out now. Everything is good. Um, I'm in a better place. We've, you know, talked everything through. So that is why today for Friday for this beautiful weekend that's coming up, my mood is high. My spirits are high. I'm feeling good. I hope you are too. I've noticed a lot of people are doing better mentally. Um, a lot of people are in a much better headspace. I think the post retrograde fog has cleared and, uh, people are starting to settle in <clears throat> a little bit again. So, I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to see that. And I'm happy to be an example of that today. I'm not anxious or depressed for once in my life. I'm just, I'm just a normal human being today. I love it. All right. I'm, I, I blabbered for way too long. I apologize. The, the podcast topic for today um, actually comes from the same person who has kind of asked about both of these topics. And they don't necessarily overlap or go together, but um, I don't have enough, I think, to talk an entire episode about both of them separately, so I'm just kind of combining them. Um, the first one is toxic positivity. Oh, man. I-, I loved that this was recommended because toxic positivity is something that I feel very strongly about, and this is something that I have been talking about for quite a while before this was suggested to me, like I didn't really have to go do too much research to talk about it because I'm already very well versed in it. Um, But I haven't always been that is still very recent. I mean, I guess first off, what is toxic positivity? Um, Some people might not know what that is. Some people might. I don't know. I don't know where you fall on that. But if you don't know, toxic positivity is is like being overly, I mean, it sounds, it sounds like it would be common sense, but it's when you're being overly positive uh, in situations that you don't need to be overly positive in, or you're just overly positive all the time consistently. And some people might be like, why is that a bad thing if you're always positive? But there's a tox. I mean, it's like everything in life. You need to have balance. Um, so if you're always being positive, to a point that you're dismissing, I mean, we'll get into it more, but dismissing others' feelings or not feeling every emotion or pushing things down or hiding from them or avoiding them, um, it can become toxic for your mental health or other people's mental health. I guess we'll just dive into it a little bit more. I hadn't heard of this term until I had met someone, um, a few years back, we used to be very, very close friends. I don't remember how it came up specifically, but I do remember this person bringing it to my attention that this was kind of a thing. 
And after looking into it a little bit more, like I was in college when I heard about it. So I was in that like research mindset. So I was like, oh, what is toxic positivity? And so I did a lot of research on it and I, I kind of understood the basis for it and how to kind of navigate it because I think I was at a point where I was being toxically positive, <laughs> positively toxic. And I wanted to figure out ways to change my strategy so I can still be like relatable um, and not push people away by just saying that everything's going to be fine all the time. Um, and then I started noticing that other people do this quite a bit. And we would start pointing it out with one another. My friend and I would start pointing it out with one another when we needed a genuine reaction or a genuine, or I guess, I don't know, we just needed someone to genuinely like listen to us and not just tell us that everything was going to be okay. So with that being said, I don't know, some signs of toxic positivity. These are all things that I just found on the internet are better worded than I could probably put them. So I'm just going to read them out to you. Signs of toxic positivity could be experiencing guilt for being sad or angry. Um, I, I, I used to do this because not only was an, I an empath, but I did think I used to feel guilty for being sad or angry. Like, and I think that comes from, I don't know, people telling me, like, I hate when people, you're going through something and you're trying to explain your feelings to someone or something happened and they're like, well, you have it better than this and this person and this and this part of the world. Or, you know, your life is a lot better than other people's. You should be grateful. And then I would feel guilty for being sad about what I was sad about. That's very invalidating. And so if you feel like you experience guilt for being sad or angry, you're probably being fed some toxic positivity, I don't know, or giving it to yourself. Uh, you should never feel guilty for being sad or angry. They are literally human emotions and you are literally allowed to feel them. I don't know. Um, another sign is reciting positive quotes about heart situations. A lot of people, like I said, everything's going to be fine or it's just, you know, good vibes only all the time, 24 seven. That's a sign that there's probably toxic positivity or you are a toxic person, toxic, why can't I say this correctly? You are a person who puts out a lot of toxic positivity even to yourself. Um, another sign is dismissing others' feelings. Another sign is hiding painful emotions or ignoring your problems. I think the biggest one for me um, that really made me understand how positivity could be toxic was the point of dismissing others' feelings. And it makes sense because, I mean, a lot of the examples are, are very extreme, obviously, but like if somebody's, I don't know, dad dies, your friend's dad dies, you're not going to be like, oh, it's fine. Everything's going to be fine. Just don't worry about it. Everything is going to be okay. Uh, you know, it'll get better. You'll, you'll, I don't know, some, maybe some messed up person's like, you'll forget about it. And, you know, it'll, it'll get easier in time. It's going to be all right. Like, that's unhealthy because you're not letting that person grieve. You're not letting that person feel any other emotion except hope and positivity. And in those situations, like you need to let people be sad and you need to let people go through their emotions. And in the same breath, you also have to be able to manage those emotions or, you know, that person who's receiving it has to be able to also manage their emotions. So it's kind of this thing where... You just have to be careful with what you say to people and just be mindful of 
not being overly toxic, kind of reading the room, right? Reading the situation, reading the person. And I think the most important thing is just listening to people. I think when people are going through things, they just want someone to listen and validate their emotions. And if they're appropriate emotions, then they deserve that validation. You know, if somebody's dad dies and they're really upset or they're depressed or they're saying things that are not necessarily the most positive or the most helpful in the moment, it's important to realize the situation and, you know, this anger, sadness, irritation, all of those are valid responses to the situation of someone's dad dying, you know, or if of your dad dying. That's those are all justified emotions to have as a human. And so remembering that people are allowed to feel those things is really important when you're listening or, you know, listening to someone vent or even for yourself to remember that those are very natural human emotions and you're allowed to feel them. But it's also about managing those emotions. You can't feel extreme sadness or anger because it might lead to thoughts of suicide or, you know, you got to check yourself as well that you're not letting those go to the extreme. So it's this balance of like, you're allowed to have human emotions, but, you know, also know how to manage them and then get back to a place of of hopefulness or, you know, positivity. And life is always this roller coaster of ups and downs and balancing. It's like a seesaw. You know, you're constantly trying to keep it balanced in the middle. And obviously, that's going to go up and down every now and again. But the goal is to always try to maintain equilibrium. And that's why toxic positivity is is harmful. And I don't think a lot of people realize that they're doing it. Um, And some people do realize that they're doing it and just don't care. To me, it's, it's really sad. I mean, why would you not care about the fact that you're potentially shaming people, guilting them, or dismissing their feelings or invalidating their experiences it's just it's sad if someone doesn't want to see that that's what they're doing Um, and if you know someone like that in your life it's really important to tell them what you need and be very vocal like I've done this before with friends or even my family because my mom tends to always have a pretty toxically positive response for the most part and it did take me a very long time to tell her when I was trying to vent to her or just, you know, get my emotions out to let her know that I didn't want her to reassure me or just give me, tell me things that I wanted to hear. I just wanted her to listen to me. Um, And I just wanted her to understand where my emotions were coming from. And so communicating that with whoever you're talking to is super important if you're dealing with somebody who is constantly just like toxically positive. And honestly, Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. You let me know. I feel like I feel like people need to know when they're being toxically positive. So I feel like if I noticed someone was being like that, I would probably go out of my way to tell them at some point, especially if it's continuous and repetitive and like it's what they do every time. I would definitely make it a point to communicate that to them. Like, hey, have you heard of this term toxic positivity? you know, you do this and this and this. And sometimes I feel like my feelings aren't being validated or like you're not listening to me or like you just want to give me a fix all answer when I really just want you to listen and kind of move through those emotions with me. And I've done this before to to people, like I said. And so it's just remember that if you ever come across someone like that and you're aware of it, always communicate your needs to them and be vocal about how you feel about the situation. 
Um, and always express your true emotions. Never, never hide them back or try to push them down. You know, you're human, you're going to have emotions and you're allowed to have emotions. And I never support toxic positivity. And I know I tend to be very positive, you know, and I've had to look at myself as well. And I'm pretty sure there are moments when I can be overly positive about situations. But ever since I went to school, obviously, and got my degree and stuff, I've I've learned how to just listen and let people move through. Like, I literally don't even say things sometimes. And I think that's why people are so comfortable talking to me and just kind of dumping things on me because I don't try to fix it and I don't try to tell them what they want to hear. I don't try to be overly positive. I just kind of listen and I'm very quiet and reflective um, and I'll just ask, you know, questions here and there to show that I'm listening. But generally, I won't really give positive advice unless they actually ask me like, hey, do you have any advice for this in this situation? I tend to just listen and I'm very quiet. And I think people appreciate that. So, you know, in lieu of being too positive, if somebody comes up to you and wants to share something, the key is to just be empathetic, just kind of feel what they're feeling and move through the motions with them and let them feel it out. I always tell people, if you need to cry, cry. If you need to be angry, be angry. If you need to go scream, go scream. You're allowed to have those emotions and we as humans need outlets for that. I feel like, you know, you you learn about like evolution and these primal instincts that we have, right? Like to hunt and we want to eat meat and we catch prey and we do all these things instinctually to survive. And I feel like if you were to be positive all the time, you would kind of be fighting your own natural instinct to move through emotions and have human, like a range of human emotions, you know, not just positive and happy ones, but also sad and unhappy ones as well. And I think that's just part of life. So I don't know. I don't really know what side of toxic, like, are you, are you the toxic person? Do you know someone who is overly positive in these situations like if you're aware of it just know that it's probably not the healthiest way to cope and if you're you know you know somebody who isn't aware of it it's important to communicate that but other than that like it you would think it's common sense like I don't know how to I've always been a very open-ranged person when it comes to my emotions like I feel all the feels everything under the sun positive and negative And I remember when I was little, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody's heard this, right? Like you need, it's like this concept of light and dark, like you need light to understand darkness and you need darkness to understand light. And the same thing kind of goes for toxic positivity and life, I guess, like you need to have a little bit of both to appreciate both. So if you're always positive, I don't know how you're going to grow as a person if you're not admitting mistakes or you're not changing your behaviors or you're not reflecting on, you know, things that maybe you shouldn't have done or it just seems like there's little room for growth when you're constantly trying to ignore your problems or hide painful emotions. I just don't see how that could be healthy for somebody. So when I think about toxic positivity, like I'm thinking, you know, I have to appreciate or when I'm when I notice myself being hard on myself or experiencing guilt for being sad or angry, I always remind myself that, you know, if it weren't for the really, really good, amazing times, I 
couldn't appreciate those times without the bad times. I have the bad times to reflect on, to to learn from. They are part of my experience. I'm so grateful for the bad times of my life because they've really made me appreciate the good times. And so sometimes it's nice to just have that contrast to remind yourself of how bad it could be and how good it could be. And that's, I feel like, the synthesis of human life. What we need to understand as humans to lead a fulfilling life is that you can't have the good without the bad, and you can't have the bad without the good. You need those two to contrast each other so that you really appreciate when things are good, and you can really start to notice when things are bad. So it's this like idea that there's duality in life, right? It's like the yin and the yang of life. And that's something that obviously Eastern traditions like preach and talk about. And I don't know, you know, I'm not religious, but I didn't have anybody to really teach me that. And so I had to teach myself that. And so that became my mantra at some point was like, well, yeah, maybe things are bad right now, but this bad is going to balance out the good. And it's going to help me appreciate and realize when things are good. So I kind of use it as a tool. And I've always been very realistic in that way. Like I've never been too toxic in that way where I'm just always positive. But I do know people who have been. And what I found when they were overly positive when I would come to them was that I didn't feel comfortable going to them anymore. I didn't want to tell them, you know, what was going on with my life because I knew what the answer was going to be. It was going to be some quote or, and here's the problem. Let me just sidetrack for a second is Instagram is so filled with like positive things. And that's why I feel so compelled to post when I have panic attacks or when I'm, you know, not having the greatest days is because I like to show my range of emotions. I like to be vulnerable like that. I mean, I understand that not everybody wants to be vulnerable on the internet. That's not my point. My point is that I like to show that for myself and for others because I just want to remind people that like it's okay not to be okay all of the time. And Instagram has this like cure all, you know, you can find a quote or inspirational quote or positive message on Instagram all day for like any situation. But sometimes you just have to let people feel things out. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's all about managing. If you can manage all of those emotions, that's the key. It's not to not feel them. It's to manage them. That's the healthy way to go about it, in my opinion. Maybe being toxically positive works for you. I mean, I'm no shame. I'm throwing no shade. I just feel like for me and myself and my opinion on the matter, I feel that it is more healthy and balanced to experience every emotion and then manage them and kind of know when to snap yourself in and out of those situations. It's very common. I see um, there's actually some streamers on Twitch who I find kind of promoting toxic positivity, and I'm not going to call them out. And and I've come across a couple, actually. Uh, and I just, I don't interact, you know. I feel, I feel that at some, at in some point in people's lives, maybe that's what they need. You know, if you're really, really, really low and down and out, and you just need hope, and you need someone to constantly hype you up and tell you that everything's going to be okay, like, we have all been there. That's why communicating your needs is important. That's why those people exist. 
is because sometimes you really do need somebody to just come in and be positive for you, but not all the time. And so there's a time and place for it, I guess. Like, you know, if that's all you need to hear in that moment, it might be helpful. But in the long run, you're going to have to deal with those emotions eventually. So you can't just run away from them forever, in my opinion. Maybe that works for you. Let me know. (laughs) But in my experience, that doesn't seem to be the case. So, you know, go through your range of emotions. So yeah, it can be harmful. I think it's psychologically harmful if somebody, you know, experiences toxic positivity. There are some tips. I obviously said manage emotions. Don't deny them. Never deny your emotions. Uh, Be realistic about what you should feel. Definitely. Like I said, like I'm going back to the, you know, if you're, when I put my, when I put my cat down last summer, I lost it. (laughs) So right after I put my, my cat down, I left the office and I shut down for a good like two weeks. I didn't move. I hardly showered. I never left my bed. I didn't change my clothes. I was crying constantly. I was making myself feel so guilty for being sad about what had happened. And I was also by myself. And so my parents were on vacation in Germany at that time. I was at home by myself. I put my cat down by myself. And everyone was just flooding me with like, you'll get another cat soon. Or it was the best thing that you could have done. Um, You know, you did the right thing. You should be happy about that. And I know that people mean well, and it's well-intentioned. And I, and that's the thing with toxic positivity is a lot of it is well-intentioned. I don't think people go out of their way to be promote toxic positivity or to, to do it even. I don't think that it's a conscious thing that people do. I think people generally meant well when they would tell me these things. But to be honest with you, even back last summer, I was super triggered when people would tell me that because I wanted to share my pain and my heartache and my love for my cat of 17 years that I adored and grew up with. It's my childhood cat. And I just wanted people to like almost grieve it with me. Um, And I guess I didn't communicate that either. I was just a depressed mess. But for some reason, those messages were super triggering to me because it made me feel like I shouldn't be laying around in bed all day. I should be grateful that I made the decision I made and, and put him out of his pain. But that's not how I felt, you know? And I had to think about the situation that I was in and what was reasonable and realistic. And I was like, if I need to put my cat down and it was an awful experience, I am allowed to be sad. I am allowed to be angry. I am allowed to feel all the negative emotions associated with that because it was so, it was such a difficult time in my life. And I think that's why I shut down so hard was because everyone was just trying to be positive. And like I said, I know they meant well. It really wasn't what I needed to hear in that moment. And so it kind of made me sad too that nobody would just kind of feel through it with me. I was very alone during that time and it was just it was just a really hard time. I felt very invalidated. I felt very guilty for being sad and I had to manage my own emotions and also give myself time to grieve. And so I kind of okayed it 
for myself to be like, you're allowed to just lay in bed and be depressed for a week. Like your best friend isn't here anymore. You know, the person that, or the person, the, the little creature that I slept with every night, woke up to every morning, pet almost all day, wasn't there anymore. And I was allowed to be super upset and depressed about it. And once I gave myself permission to be okay with it, then the guilt kind of just washed away because I didn't need anyone else's approval anymore. And neither do you. You don't need anyone's approval to feel the way you feel. The way you feel is the way you feel. Your feelings are your feelings. And so don't let anybody ever dictate how you should feel. But also remembering that it's okay to feel more than one thing too. I was sad and I was angry and I was pissed and I was depressed and I was anxious and all of those things were, and I was still also grateful that I had, you know, the, these people weren't wrong when they were telling me that I, I made the right decision. I did the right thing. You know, he wasn't in pain and I did the best with what I had. And I was also very grateful that I was the one who got to do it. You know, like I felt the whole spectrum of positive and negative emotions and that's okay. It's also important to focus on listening to others and just showing your support. Like I said earlier, sometimes just listening or not sometimes, most of the time, for me and how I interact with people, just listening is enough. Just listening and, you know, words of encouragement or just saying, I understand, that must suck, I'm so sorry, I can't imagine how you feel, your feelings are valid, you know, and I'm going to give you guys some, like, toxic statements compared to, like, little less toxic alternatives definitely just showing support and just showing that you're listening, showing that you're there for that person, validating their feelings, you know, if if they're feeling the way that they should be feeling in that situation, validate them in those feelings and just move through them. I mean, move through those feelings with them. That's the best thing you can do for somebody if you're trying to be empathetic and caring without having to be overly positive or, you know, invalidating their feelings or, or feeling like you're dismissing their feelings. Like just being mindful of that. I hope that people or you, if you're listening, are mindful of how your responses to other people help or hurt them, right? And I think that's what it comes down to um, at the end of the day is just being aware of the situation and how you're responding and whether or not you're validating that other person in, in how they're feeling about that situation. And the, the last thing that I'll touch on is definitely notice, like I said, social media can become a toxic place now, even for positivity. And I've kind of surrounded myself in that bubble before where I would scroll through all this stuff and see all this positive stuff and then I'd get off and I would feel, you know, I would question why I still felt sad or depressed or anxious or whatever um, because it's unrealistic to look at all these posts and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to be positive all the time and everything's going to work out and the universe has always got my back and the stars are in alignment and there is no retro, you know, like whatever you're looking at that just is overly positive. If you put your phone down and you notice that you're starting to feel guilty about, I don't know, what you accomplished or how you feel or what you should be doing then you need to edit the content that you're looking at and just be mindful of how you feel, especially after using social media. So just be just be mindful of that. It's so easy to get caught in that cycle. And I'm just here to remind you that we all do it all the time. But always come back to like, how am I feeling? You know, at some point, like come back to how do I, how am I feeling after I engage in this activity? 
and do I need to continue it or not? So if you still need an example of some toxic statements, toxic positivity sounds like, um, and what you could say instead, some toxic statements could sound like, just stay positive. Well, it could be worse. Everything happens for a reason. Failure isn't an option. Happiness is a choice. Those are all examples of toxic statements for very obvious reasons. And I know that you've heard these before because people use them all the time. If you take anything from this episode, it's please avoid those statements. And the second one, good vibes only. I use that on Twitch sometimes um, as my stream title, good vibes only. And I have to admit on this podcast right here and right now that I really didn't acknowledge up until this very second how that could be misconstrued as toxic positivity and I probably should not use it anymore. And it's also, well, you know, the context that I'm using it in is also a little bit different. So I think it works for, for Twitch, but, you know, just hearing that kind of makes me laugh because I, I also use that. So just goes to show like nobody's perfect. But like just stay positive, you know, that's that's so dismissive of other people's feelings. Like stop feeling sad. Just be positive. What's wrong with you? Just why are you feeling that way? Like don't guilt people into just being positive. Let them feel their emotions. It could be worse. That is so invalidating to somebody's experience to try to tell them that it could be worse when you don't know you don't know what they're feeling about the situation or how much worse it could possibly get. So things happen for a reason. You know, that's a very common one. Um, I think that one's also very dismissive. Um, It kind of ignores, or failure isn't an option. Like, it ignores so many. It's just, the more that I think about this, the angrier it's making me. So I can see why these are toxic statements. I try not to use them. Some better alternatives would be, I'm listening. I'm here no matter what, good or bad. You know, I'm here no matter what. That's a very powerful statement, especially if somebody's, you know, venting to you. You could just say, I'm here no matter what. Good, bad, everything in between. Your feelings are valid and I'm going to sit here and listen to you. You could say, that must be really hard. I've said that one quite a few times, um, especially in situations where I've never been through the situation myself or it's in a situation that I can't necessarily relate to. I would just say, you know, that must be really hard. I I can only imagine, you know, it's very validating to hear that. Yeah, yeah, you know, it is really hard. Thanks. Thanks for acknowledging that. You know, you don't know what the response you might get, but it's a better alternative at least. Um, Sometimes bad things happen. How can I help? That's a good response because you're acknowledging that something bad has happened and you're just providing your support by quite literally asking what you can do to help. That's a very, very, very good alternative, I feel. Failure is sometimes part of life. That's a good alternative. Um, It's kind of acknowledging like, yeah, maybe you failed, but it's a part of life. And it's kind of a way of being positive, but not in a way where you're kind of forcing that person to feel like failure was never an option, you know? Or if they that's how they felt, it's kind of reminding them like, hey, it's a part of life. It's going to happen, but I'm still here for you. And the last one, my absolute favorite that I use all the time is your feelings are valid. And I say this to so many people. If you know me already, I'm sure you have seen me say it, especially in the mental health channel on Discord. I'm pretty sure you can search and find me saying your feelings are valid very often. It's my favorite line because it's can't be any more direct. And I'm a very direct person. 
So it doesn't get any more direct than like, your feelings are valid. You have every right to feel the way that you feel. How can I help you? How can I support you? What do you need from me? Those are all ways to kind of be a little bit less toxic than the traditional ways of responding. I hope that, or my hope for you, is that moving forward today, tomorrow, next week, if you happen to remember um, and you're talking to someone who's going through a hard time or who is confiding in you to just be mindful of how you're responding to what they're telling you and to remember that shutting someone down, whether intentional or not, because it's not always intentional and it's not always conscious, but whether intentional or not, shutting someone down when they're trying to share something difficult with you creates a disconnect. And if you're saying things that invalidate their experience or make them feel guilt or shame, you're going to create a disconnect with that person. You can't bond with someone if you're unwilling to sit in their grief, sadness, or anger with them. You can't bond with someone if you're unwilling to sit in their grief, sadness, or anger with them. If you want to create a bond with somebody and you want to show show somebody that you care, you're going to go through those things with them. If you're doing that, great. If you're not, I encourage you to pay a little more attention to how you're interacting in those situations. I definitely have, and it's a lot of work, but the quality of friendships that I have has increased tremendously, and I'm very grateful for the little tips um, that help me in these situations, to be completely honest. I'm very grateful, which kind of leads me into toxic masculinity, um, because obviously I'm not a male, and the only male influence that I really have in my life is my dad. I don't have brothers. I don't really have uncles. I have cousins that I don't really talk to. So I don't know much about toxic masculinity besides what we've covered like in school and what I know just throughout life vaguely. But um, from Right as Rain, there, it, it was online. I was doing some Google research and Right as Rain, uh, uwmedicine.org, there was a quote in there where Kirkland also notes that emotion is gendered. Boys aren't encouraged to express emotions except those that reflect power, such as anger, whereas girls are encouraged to express their emotions, but only ones that are seen as less powerful, such as agreeableness. These gender differences in emotion socialization can lead men to suppress their emotions and can lead women to feel pressured to show positive feelings that may be inauthentic. I think this is where... A lot of toxic masculinity comes from. I take that back. Retract that statement. <laughs> I think that this has a lot to do with toxic masculinity in this sense that boys are encouraged to express emotions related to power, toughness, anti-femininity, like anger, and that's okay for them. And that's kind of the only emotion that they're allowed to get, right? Like I'm talking between the lines, cultural expectations of men is to kind of yield to those emotions, while for women, it's more to yield toward positivity. It's kind of proven, there's research on it, that that there is a culture of toxic masculinity across the world. It's not just here or... It's, it's a problem. Like the, It exists. It's a thing. There's research on it. And I do think that a lot of it has to do with just how you're raised, how knowledgeable your parents are, how well they've taught you to manage your emotions. Toxic masculinity is a hard topic for me to discuss because 
I feel like it's getting a little bit better. I think that the since the awareness has been raised for mental health, I've seen a lot more campaigns like correct me if I'm wrong or inform me how you feel about it. But I feel like I see a lot more YouTube channels of men who are vlogging openly about their mental disorders, um, about their emotions. They are more openly crying. They are more openly being grateful and spreading positivity while you also have more women who are, you know, expressing a more angry, rowdy, kind of powerful, what's the word I'm looking for, persona. And so I don't, I mean, I do absolutely 100% think that toxic masculinity still exists. And I still think that it's something that we consciously or subconsciously pass down, but I think it's getting less and less. I think it's dying out a little bit and I'm pretty grateful for that, but I do understand that either, I don't know, in some parts of the world maybe, in some cultures or in some households, uh, there is still a lot of toxic masculinity. I totally believe it, but I do think generally, if you're looking at the bigger picture, the macro, I think it is getting better. But toxic masculinity is 100% a thing. I don't know why it exists. Like I said, I am a girl and I don't have very many male friends to kind of bounce this idea off of. But from my understanding, it's just men are expected to behave a certain way. I I don't really know what to say. All I can say is if you feel like you can't express your emotions because you're a man or... I really don't even know what your excuse would be to just do it. I mean, all of this that I'm talking about applies to males or females. I don't think that men should feel ashamed to cry or hide their feelings or be positive or be emotional or be sensitive. You know, like my partner is very sensitive. He is more sensitive than I am. I think in the traditional masculine feminine sense, I'm a little bit more masculine and he's a little bit more feminine. And I love that about him because he balances me out and it's very different from the norm, right? Like we're just, I love how he kind of breaks the barriers and stigmas. I'm just obsessed with my partner. I think He's super awesome and he's very non-traditional. He's very emotional. He's very in tune with his emotions. He is very verbal about his emotions, which I am not. I act more like a man in that sense. I shut down. And see, I'm kind of being gendered in that way too by, by even saying that. I act more like a man, like as if that's how men are supposed to act. Like I'm catching myself also being gendered because it's just how we are culturally. It's how we were raised and it's really hard to undo that that programming, you know, you know, I believe that adulthood is literally just unprogramming everything we've been programmed to believe. And so I'm still unprogramming, please forgive me, but I tend to be, I guess, more masculine in the sense that I shut down more. I don't like to share my emotions. I am very cold and stone-faced. Um, I work very hard, like I want to be the breadwinner of my family and I'm very, I have very masculine traits, Um, but my partner isn't like that. And I've known a lot of men who are very exposed to toxic masculinity um, very openly, but I think we need to catch ourselves saying things like that, you know, like, like what I just said, you know, I used to be more, I don't know, we just need to be more mindful of it. But I, I do think that toxic masculinity is headed in the right direction. 
And if there's anything that I have to say on it, it's that um, if you are a man, you are allowed to do anything that a female can do. And if anybody makes you feel bad about it, then it's a reflection of them and it has nothing to do with you. You are allowed to cry and be feminine if you want. And I mean, this is a different day and age too, you know, I think you can get a, get away with a lot more, but you know, if it's drilled into your mind, I, I don't really know what I could even say to, to make, uh, I don't know, I don't even know what I could say, you know, if, if, if that's you, but if you feel like unprogramming, then get in touch with your emotions. Remember, it's okay to feel everything and it's okay to be vocal about it. It's not okay to hide painful emotions. It's not okay to ignore your problems. It's not okay to dismiss others' feelings by being overtly masculine and needing to put other people down or be homophobic or be a bully or, you know, same goes for women, obviously, but if you're a man and you feel like you need to be all these things to be more macho, then I think that you should probably take a real close look at yourself and try to alter that behavior because it's it's very toxic and there's a reason it's called toxic masculinity because it's harmful to others. So if there's something that you wanted me to go into a little bit more regarding that topic, let me know. Like I said, I don't really know. I don't have much to say on it. Like I can I can tell you for sure there's a lot of research about to- toxic masculinity. Um, you can find almost research on anything. You can find it culturally. Like there have been a lot of papers done, research papers on uh, toxic masculinity in Mexican cultures. I know that's a very hot topic, especially at Cal State San Bernardino, where it is like an 80% Latino population. Uh, A lot of people have written papers about toxic masculinity and how it runs in their culture. I know that toxic masculinity runs in a lot of other cultures, especially Eastern cultures. And obviously, I'm not aware of all of the cultural and societal differences between toxic masculinity. But, you know, if there's something in specific that you wanted to go into, let me know because that's, I guess, I guess that's a whole nother topic. I didn't think I could fill an hour with these two topics, but it looks like I can. So if there's anything you want to know specifically about toxic masculinity, let me know either on Instagram, uh, Discord, or Twitter. I will do my best to research it and and come back with an answer for you and we can have a conversation about it. You know, but at the end of the day, I hope you guys take that to heart and are a little bit more mindful in how you respond to others. Like I said, learning about toxic positivity has greatly enhanced my friendships and my relationships and how I respond to people when they vent to me. I feel like I I create very 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 deep bonds with people that I share things with or who share things with me because of the tips that I gave in this podcast. So I highly encourage you to try them and just be aware of them and, you know, teach others to be aware of it and vocalize your needs if you're ever going through something and you just want them to listen and not be overly positive and kind of let you feel all the feels or if you're going through it and you're feeling guilty, just remember you're human. You're allowed to be all of the emotions, not just one of them and definitely not just one of them all the time. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Um, It's Monday. Have a beautiful week. Get it done. Hopefully I'll see you guys on the weekend or throughout the week on Twitch. You can follow me on Twitch and Instagram under Nina Pizza Queen and on Twitter at Weed Wild Woke PC. 
And yeah, I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for letting me blabber with you. Please, please, please give me any feedback. I always read your guys' feedback and you're amazing and I love you and they keep me motivated and they keep me pushing until the next episode, even when I'm late and I miss a week. I apologize. I will see you guys next week for sure. Take care. Stay high. I'll see you soon.